This is Kate Moorhead with my podcast, Find It. In part three of section two on giving, the second vital sign of the spiritual life. It has become painfully evident to most educated people that the human race is on a path to deplete much of the world's resources and that our waste is also beginning to overwhelm the planet. Whole islands of plastic now exist in our oceans. We can all agree that there are more people on the planet than ever before, and we are using up or spending more than we are giving to the natural world. At St. John's Cathedral, we are in the process of birthing a master's degree program in architecture with the University of Florida. The program will be housed at the cathedral, where students of architecture will learn about sustainability, hydro-generated urbanism, and generative design. I come at this field as a total amateur, but the idea that buildings could sustain and even enhance the environment fills me with excitement. Is it possible for us not only to reduce our consumption, but also to give back? Could we begin to think of giving to the earth itself? What would this look like? I believe that we are on the verge of discovering ways to live that have not been considered before. As Christians, we are called to watch and learn, to be flexible and willing to do not only reduce our consumption, but to welcome new ways of giving back. This conversation is just the beginning. It will require creativity and adaptability, but we could be looking at a joyful new kind of living on this planet as we begin to acknowledge the dependence we have on this earth and its resources. About nine years ago, I hired an Egyptian priest to serve on our staff. Fluent in Arabic, English was Father Raja's second language. He and his wife and two college-age sons moved to Florida to begin a new life here with us. Father Raja and his wife Lily began a vital ministry to immigrants and refugees that poured into Florida during the Obama administration. Because they spoke Arabic, Sudanese and Middle Eastern people found out about us. Many were Christian and blessed us by joining our congregation. Muslims too came and we assisted all with ESOL classes, advice, relief and job counseling. As this ministry grew, we began to realize that our friends were victims of credit card debt. Not understanding English well and not understanding the American concept of the credit card, many of these precious souls would be enticed by the lure of $15,000 in credit. They would buy furniture, clothing, or even put their kids in college on credit cards. And then the debt would mount and the credit card companies began to charge 26% interest. It just grew worse and worse, and the families began to panic. They were in a hole that was deep, and they had no idea how to dig themselves out. The same is true with funeral homes. I see poor families purchasing fancy caskets and burial plots on credit cards, not understanding that their relative's body is not the person itself. They feel obliged to spend all that they can on a fancy funeral, and they end up enslaved by debt in a way that their deceased loved one would never want. There is no describing the panic and paralysis that is felt by a person who realizes that their debt is mounting faster than they can pay it off. 
It is a modern day form of enslavement. It is bondage. As followers of Jesus who understand the concept of debt, it is our vocation and ministry to assist, educate, and inform those who do not understand this trap. We must do all that we can to help those who come to this country, as well as those who have not had the blessing of a sound education or who do not speak English. We must help others navigate the morass of forms that terrify the lines at the DMV and the other ways that our government and businesses can overwhelm and frighten. We must walk alongside the vulnerable and equip them so that they don't find themselves drowning in debts that they cannot pay. Some people are able to reach an even more advanced stage of giving. This is rare and should only be done with great joy. Some people do it occasionally and some make it a way of life. This highest form of giving is sometimes referred to as sacrifice. The word sacrificio in Latin literally means doing holy things. Sacra is holy, facere means to do. In the Hebrew scriptures, a sacrifice implied that a person was going to give up something to present it at the altar. This was often an animal, which was costly and sustained life back then. The root of the word sacra implies setting something apart, removing it from its ordinary function. To sacrifice something was to set this thing aside for God and God alone. The offering is removed from this world and placed in the realm of the holy. To sacrifice means to let go of the thing here so that it may be received there, a holy gift. In his letter to the Romans, Paul writes that we should make ourselves into a living sacrifice. He writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What exactly was Paul trying to say? Did he mean that we should all be ordained priests or become nuns and monks? I don't think he was thinking of ordination at all. I think he was thinking about the giving of our very selves to God. I think he was talking about leaving this world and setting ourselves apart. Eventually, when one practices the giving of money and of time, it becomes clear that the most joyful times in our lives were those times that we let God take charge of something, when we were, gave ourselves fully to love or laugh or just really listen. The times when we were able, even if it were just for a few moments, to lose ourselves in art or writing or speaking or in a science project or a math problem, for a few moments we are one with our maker and all is well. It is not bloody or even painful, but it is sacrifice. For in that sacred moment, we move aside and let God take us and set us apart. What is sacrifice? It is the holy giving that sets the self aside, not out of self-debasement or self-abandonment, but out of the simple clarity 
that God has got this and it is time for us to step out of the driver's seat. Sacrifice is counterintuitive and countercultural. It goes against everything we Americans have been trained to believe and practice. We are told every day, multiple times a day, to consume, purchase, and make decisions for ourselves. To sacrifice is to set yourself aside and instead refrain from consumption and give instead. Can it hurt? Yes. Can it be even painful? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Remember that the big lie of consumerism is the same thing that the snake said to Eve. Here it is. This is the lie. You will be happy if you take it. You will be happy if you take it. It's the ancient lie of the serpent itself in the Garden of Eden. Things will be better if you take, if you possess, if you own. But it is a lie. Possession of material things does not make you happy. There is no material thing that can give you the joy that comes with giving. The serpent was wrong. It is not better if you take. It is better if you give. <laughs>